Hello, and welcome back to Tenant Talk, a show dedicated to providing insights and exchanging ideas on growing and operating a small business. The two most common are a gross lease and a triple net lease. Primary difference being who's responsible for certain uh, elements and who pays for them. In this season, we'll dive into various challenges businesses face from networking to leasing space to recruiting talent and so much more. Amenities doesn't necessarily mean the immediate building, but also what's in the community around it. You'll find it here on Tenant Talk. Hi, welcome back to Tenant Talk. This is a series of shows that are really focused on the needs of small businesses. And today we're going to talk about your first lease. That amazing opportunity when you kind of move out of the basement or the garage or the bedroom to your first real space. I'm Bill Singer. I'm with Kenwood Management. Joining me today for this conversation is Christina May, CEO and founder of Illuminate. Christina, welcome. Thanks for having me back, Bill. I'm really excited about this. We've all been through this process about the first lease, so today's episode is going to be exciting, I know, for a lot of people. Absolutely, yeah. And I think there's some really good information that um, many small business owners just probably wouldn't know because commercial real estate can be so specialized. So we're going to talk about this from different perspectives, kind of what it's like before you sign your first lease, what's those initial steps of the process? We're going to move in to talk about the lease document itself and then finally that celebration, what it's like to move in. So that's the plan for today. So please join us on this ride. Okay, so when you first start thinking about moving into your own space, leasing your first space. It's normally not a purchase decision. I know for us that pivotal moment happened, that pain point was we were in a co-working suite and there just wasn't enough room. We ran out of space and we needed to find a home of our own. It was the right time. So before you really start the formal journey, which I think a lot of people think means just going to Google and typing stuff in. What are some of the things that you should think about beforehand and prepare beforehand before you really start looking into spaces? Yeah, so great question. So although frequently in commercial real estate, we think about spaces kind of on a per square foot basis and what's the square footage that you're gonna need, but a lot of people don't know how to calculate that. They don't know how to figure that out. So I think the best approach for any small business is just to determine what, what are the number of offices that you need? What are the number of conference rooms, the number of um, workstations that you might need or cubicles? If you can determine that information, then it's very easy for a landlord or an architect or space planner to then program that and come up with a plan for you of about how much space you're going to need. So that's kind of step one. I would also recommend that you think about engaging a commercial real estate broker to work with you in this process. Um, it, this is very different than a residential broker. The skill set, the information that a commercial broker has is going to be very different than a residential agent. So. You definitely want to think about somebody who focuses on commercial because one, they're going to have access to 
some of the information that you need that you can only get from a paid service like CoStar. Um, they're also going to be able to help you understand what, um, what rental rates are in, in particular buildings. Um, rental rates will vary significantly based on the quality of a building. So they'd be able to help guide you once you figure out how many offices, how many uh, conference rooms, what the square footage, they can give you an idea of what the budget will be. So those are kind of some of the first steps. Um, and then probably also to just think about convenience and amenities. Um, you want to think about how convenient is it going to be for your employees to get to your space. Do some of them use mass transit? Um, do some of your customers come to your space? Because that's going to ultimately impact the image that you want to portray um, uh, about your business. So those are all various factors, but they're all kind of the initial steps in the process. Absolutely. And tagging into that when it comes to amenities, you know, think about um, parking, you know, where um, your patrons are going to park, yep. um, where your um, customers, if they're going to be coming in. Um, you know, we have had issues before in locations where there's metered parking, and if you have long all-day meetings, nothing is worse to end a meeting off than a parking ticket. Uh, for exactly. <laughs> that's not maybe the image you want to convey. So those are things to take into consideration. And amenities beyond the building, lunch is one, but also remember if you have employees that are coming into the office, they have things that they'll want to do during the day, um, that errands they may need to run, etc. So, um, you know, amenities it doesn't necessarily mean the immediate building, but also what's in the community around it. Can they get to the, you know, to the bank and back, say, within 10 minutes, or right. is that an hour long? ordeal for them. So I think those are really important things to take a look at. And, you know, not only just conference room space, but do you have special space requirements? You know, are you in the medical field, lab field? Are you office space? Even at the most basic, is it warehouse? Do you get a lot of deliveries? There are places that, you know, it makes a lot of sense to have mini trucks in and out all day long and there are other locations where that's just not advisable. Right, and the warehouse um, scenario you just brought up is a great example because typically warehouse spaces are either going to have um, drive-in capabilities or dock high, meaning they're going to bring in 53-foot trailers to offload. Rarely do you find spaces that have both. So if uh, if you're getting deliveries in one format, drive-in or dock high, you want to make sure that somebody understands that. And that's clear um, because it could be a big issue if you pick the wrong space. Another thing to consider is, um, you know, we talk about branding and image, um, but in a space you want to also consider, you know, do you need someone in the lobby? Do you need a secure facility? Right. Um, that's important as well. Uh, and, and, and Geographically, does it make sense for you to be in one location or multiple locations? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's a great comment to now segue into kind of the lease document itself, because in the lease document, it will specify what services the landlord's providing um, and potentially what services is the tenant you need to provide. So what I mean by that specifically, you, starting say with your example, if you're in, in an urban setting and you have a need for a security guard, what are the hours that that security guard would be there? 
Um, another example would be what are the HVAC, the heating, ventilating, and air conditioning hours that are going to be provided to your space. Um, some spaces, tenants have complete control of that, but in others, they don't. A landlord has to um, turn the equipment on and off and would only provide it during certain hours. Frequently, you know, say uh, Monday through Friday and maybe a few hours on Saturday. So if you're a business that operates a lot on the weekends, you want to understand what those hours are because there could be a significant charge aside from your rent for overtime HVAC related services. Some of the other things to think about as well um, now that you're moving into this phase of the process is when will your space be ready for delivery? Meaning, if the landlord has to do some improvements, how long will that take? You want to make sure you understand that, especially if you're in a current lease situation where your lease is due to expire. You don't want to end up with a gap you know, where you have no space to occupy because the space you're going to isn't ready yet. Um, other items that are important in a lease um, that you should spend some time on is insurance. Um, the landlord will require any tenant to carry certain levels of insurance, uh, general liability, workers' compensation, maybe excess liability. Um, so read through that language, make sure you understand it, talk to your insurance agent to make sure that that matches with the coverage that you're currently carrying. A lease will also specify um, what the permitted use of your space is. Um, landlords want to know kind of what people are doing in the space. Um, your initial reaction maybe as a business owner would be to say, well, like, why? Why do they care what I'm doing? But actually it comes into the fact of um, that the building that you're going into has certain zoning requirements and the community that you're a part of only permits certain uses um, in certain areas. So the landlord's trying to make sure that your intended use matches up with the zoning that's permitted in that space. Um, so that's frequently there. Um, additionally, as you're signing the first lease, you want to think about what your longer-term needs could be, meaning do you think your business could grow in the future, in which case you might want to think about expansion rights. Um, do you feel like the location is one that you want to really remain in for an extended period of time? Then you might want to think about renewal rights. Um, those are all things that as a business owner, as a tenant in a building, you generally want to try to address up front um, and have that conversation with a landlord. Um, there could be benefits to renewal options and expansion options for both parties. It's not just something that a um, that necessarily a tenant benefits from because the goal of a landlord is to keep the space leased. Um, so that can get accomplished from that language. So, um, oh, and something else that we ought to talk about that I think is important uh, for any business owner, um, aside from um, moving expenses as you go into your new space, you're going to have other expenses too that most frequently landlords don't cover. So that would be like for your phone system. Um, if you use um, computers on every desk, just doing the cabling for that. Um, if you need a router, if you need any kind of equipment related to uh, internet or phones, typically landlords don't do that. So that's gonna be a cost of the tenant. Um, and you also wanna factor in the likelihood that you're gonna have to pay a security deposit. Um, that might be as little as a month of rent, 
Um, but depending on the amount of work that you've asked a landlord to do in the space, it might be considerably more. So these are all things to think about, to factor into your budget, um, and, to, and to just be knowledgeable of. And that really segues it kind of into one other comment that I would add is that um, engaging um, an attorney to explain the very specific items in a lease term to you is very important. Um, you want to make sure that you just understand what you're signing. Um, a lease is a legally binding contract. It is one that carries uh, certain ramifications if things aren't followed. So you just want to make sure you understand it to keep yourself out of trouble. So your team um, in this going in would be the commercial broker mm -hmm. um, who's acting on your behalf and who pays. A lot of times people sometimes hesitate to get a commercial broker because they think it's so expensive. Yeah, great, great but question. who pays for that broker? <laughs> yeah, great question. So that's one great thing about um, generally about commercial real estate. Landlords typically will pay that broker. So you can get that advice. You can get that assistance from a commercial broker and not have to outlay that cost. Yep. So good question. So we've got the commercial broker. You're going to need to call your insurance agent. You're going to want to run the lease by your lawyer. Those three definitely. Now before we talk to any of those people and assemble that team, a lot of times when you're brand new to this and you're looking for space, sometimes you run across space that's not a direct lease, but yet it is something that's called a sublease. So that is how actually we started out moving from a co-working space. We moved into a sublease before a full lease and then purchase. So Bill, can you talk a little bit about the difference between lease versus sublease? And I know that shows up in the paperwork anyway. Yep, absolutely. So um, in a lease, um, uh, a prime tenant, the individual or the company that is on that lease initially, usually has rights to sublet the space. And as a small business owner, if you're coming out of the garage, the basement, the bedroom, um, and you're looking for that first space, and maybe you only need one office or two offices, and occasionally you need a conference room, a sublease scenario might be a good scenario to pursue. Um, the things, though, that you want to think about and focus on is make sure you understand what are the terms of that prime lease. Um, what I mean by that is there might only be a year or two remaining on that prime lease and when that's up you might be required to move. So you just want to make sure you understand that again because you're going to outlay some costs just to move into any particular space. Um, when you're ready to sign a lease yourself and not as a subtenant, there are also different formats for lease documents. The two most common are a gross lease and a triple net lease. Primary difference being who's responsible for certain uh, elements and who pays for them. A gross lease, very generally, the landlord is going to take care of the majority of the items, which is great. You just pick up the phone and call. In a triple net lease, uh, a tenant carries more of those responsibilities. There are a couple of other lease types aside from um, a gross or triple net lease. There's single net, double net, but those are fairly uncommon. Um, the gross and the triple net are much more found um, in our industry. Understood. And I would also put as a word uh, to the wise with a sublease is to make sure that you iron out all the details ahead of time. So a lot of times it has to do with access, parking, scheduling and use of the conference room. It should be really familiar to you if you were in a co-working situation. A lot of the language is really familiar 
from one situation to the next, but you want to understand that. You want to understand what your part of the utility bill is because it's not like you have your own little meter right outside the door for the space exactly. that you have subleased. So if you're not taking it in whole, um, and you're just taking a room or a couple of rooms in a, in a larger section, you want to make sure you work all that out and get it in writing, Absolutely. obviously, before yeah. you move forward. Absolutely. And the one other thing I'd add to our, for our audience related to a, a sublease scenario to be a little bit cautious of, a little bit aware of, is that you may be paying um, that prime tenant for the space that you're in, but you really want to try to make sure that that prime tenant is also paying the landlord promptly. I've unfortunately come across some situations where that subtenant had been paying the prime tenant, but the prime tenant defaulted because they weren't paying the landlord. And when that happens, unfortunately, everybody uh, can get kicked out of the space, even though you've been paying on time. So it's something to really consider uh, when you sublease and make sure who you're subleasing from is responsible and reliable. And some of this actually comes from personal experience. That is exactly what happened to us. And we were lucky enough to have had a great relationship with the actual owner landlord um, and just did a direct lease because the prime tenant was in default of theirs and we didn't want to give up our space. So it ended up working out well for us, but it might not end up working well for you. So I would also add in, if you can, make the the connection with the tenant um not the the you are the tenant with the landlord um so that you as a, you have that opportunity that person may move on you might want to expand it's it's a worthwhile investment to have that relationship yeah absolutely so now having gone through that you know mm -hmm. you're you're ready to move in and it, it's like time to finally celebrate um so i think some of the things just to think about kind of post lease signature um, and post, you know, you've gotten your movers together, you've gotten the IT folks together to do what you need to do. Consider setting up um, kind of an automatic payment program for the rent you have to make. Um, it just makes it easier. You don't have to think about remembering to do it. Most landlords will accept kind of an ACH payment. Um, and it just makes it automatic uh, and reliable. And then, as we talked about earlier, if you have negotiated certain rights into your lease related to renewal, expansion, or something else, make sure to add that to your calendar. Um, frequently, those rights come with specific dates that you have to exercise them, and if you miss those dates, uh, you lose those rights. So. Put that in your calendar. Make sure that uh, that you won't forget it because it's very easy to do that. No, I agree with that entirely. So thank you so much for all of the knowledge that you shared with us about that first lease. Our viewers can now um, go off and research their potential spaces and pop the champagne eventually um, when they move in. So thank you, Bill. Yeah, Christina, thank you so much for being here. You are a fabulous guest. We really appreciate you being here on Tenant Talk. Um, if you'd like additional information on this topic, please look at the show notes. It'll guide you to links to various other materials, some articles, in fact, that we've written on this topic. Um, please join us for the next episode, and thank you so much for joining us today on Tenant Talk.